Welcome to today's Daily PBJ Devotional. If you're reading the Old Testament this year, read Genesis 50, Job 16 and 17, and Psalm 48. Today's devotional is about Genesis 50. Then Joseph fell upon his father's face, wept over him, and kissed him. And Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father Israel. So they embalmed him, taking the forty days required to complete the embalming, and the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to Pharaoh's court, If I have found favor in your eyes, please tell Pharaoh that my father made me swear an oath when he said, I am about to die. You must bury me in the tomb that I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father, and then return. Pharaoh replied, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear to do. Then Joseph went to bury his father, and all the servants of Pharaoh accompanied him, the elders of Pharaoh's household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, along with all of Joseph's household, and his brothers, and his father's household. Only their children and flocks and herds were left in Goshen. Chariots and horsemen alike went up with him, and it was an exceedingly large procession. When they reached the threshing floor of Etad, which is across the Jordan, they lamented and wailed loudly, and Joseph mourned for his father seven days. When the Canaanites of the land saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Etad, they said, This is a solemn ceremony of mourning by the Egyptians. Thus the place across the Jordan is called Abel Mizraim. So Jacob's sons did as he had charged them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave at Machpelah, in the field near Mamre, which Abraham had purchased from Ephron the Hittite as a burial site. After Joseph had buried his father, he returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph bears a grudge? Then he will surely repay us for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Before he died, your father commanded, This is what you are to say to Joseph. I beg you, please forgive the transgression and sin of your brothers, for they did you wrong. So now, Joseph, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers also came to him, bowed down before him, and said, We are your slaves. But Joseph replied, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? As for you, what you intended against me for evil, God intended for good, in order to accomplish a day like this, to preserve the lives of many people. Therefore do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So Joseph reassured his brothers and spoke kindly to them. Now Joseph and his father's household remained in Egypt, and Joseph lived to the age of 110. He saw Ephraim's sons to the third generation, and indeed, the sons of Machir, the sons of Manasseh, were brought up on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely visit you and bring you up from this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath and said, God will surely attend to you, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and they embalmed his body and placed it in a coffin in Egypt. This is God's word. 
Nothing ever prevented Joseph from exacting revenge on his brothers. From the time they first appeared in his presence to the day that Jacob died, Joseph could have enslaved them or killed them if he had wanted to do that. Joseph was accountable to only one man, Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was unlikely to care what Joseph did to a group of non-Egyptians. According to verse 15, however, Joseph's brothers had a hard time accepting Joseph's forgiveness as genuine. They feared that Joseph was not merciful, but merely long-suffering. That is, Joseph respected his father Jacob so much that he was willing to wait for Jacob's death to pay back justice to his brothers. So they added a little something to Jacob's last will and testament, according to verses 16 and 17, as if Jacob himself had requested full and final forgiveness from Joseph for all his other sons. They also volunteered to be Joseph's slaves, according to verse 18, in hopes of staying alive. Other than the grace of God in Joseph's life, God's development of godly character in him, what led Joseph to be able to completely forgive his brothers with no hard feelings whatsoever, much less a desire for revenge? The answers are here in verses 19 and 20, and there are two of them. First, Joseph had a genuine sense of his accountability to God. Am I in the place of God? He asked rhetorically in verse 19. Humanly speaking, almost anyone could answer, yes. Joseph had nearly absolute power, so he was unlikely to be questioned, second-guessed, or condemned in this life, no matter what he did to his brothers. Yet Joseph himself knew that God would judge him if he saw his brother's repentance and refused to forgive. Joseph knew that the power he had was delegated to him by God. Therefore, he understood that he would be held accountable to God for how he treated his brothers. Second, Joseph could see how the sins of his brothers and all the other painful experiences of his life had led him to this point. In verse 20, he said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's the NIV's reading. What happened to Joseph happened by God's sovereign will. Although it was painful and stressful for years of his life, it was ultimately for Joseph's good and for the good of his family, God's covenant people. Since it was God's will for Joseph to suffer first and then to be exalted, how could he remain bitter? The outcome was good, and the course he took to get to that outcome was ordained by God himself. May that give you some hope in the hard struggles of your life. God is sovereign over all things, so whatever happened in your life was allowed by him. Ultimately, he will work it out for your good, which may mean simply helping you learn to trust him in all circumstances, but may mean Much more than that. Believing that God is sovereign will help you accept the things that have happened to you and give you grace to forgive anyone who sinned against you but is repentant. If you found this devotional helpful, please sign up to receive it in your email if you don't already. Go to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. Fill in your email address in the little box there, and every day for free, an email will arrive with a link to every day's video, audio, and a transcript of these devotionals, and that will help you to develop a Bible reading habit, being in God's Word every day. I'm looking for financial support, and if you're getting something out of these devotionals, 
Maybe you would like to give something back so that others can find God's word in this way as well. If you'd consider that, please go to dailypbj.com support and look at the monthly tiers of support I offer there. Thank you for your consideration and to everyone who so faithfully gives. Please share this with someone who can be encouraged in their faith, someone maybe who's going through some hard times right now as a Christian. And I'll see you next time. May God bless you. Have a great day.